everybody, it's Dave here, and we're continuing the series. Tyler Fornis of Climbing the Pocket Network's Top 5 Draft Prospects by Position. This next one happens to be near and dear to my heart. The big round bellies that play offensive tackle. Let's bring in Tyler and find out about him. Hey there, Tyler. Tell us about your favorite tackles. Absolutely, Will. And I just want to start off by kind of talking about guys who aren't going to be on this list. Because, one, this is a fantastic tackle class. But Alex Leatherwood, Rayshon Slater, and Elijah Vera Tucker will not be on this list. And I didn't grade any of them as an offensive tackle. I graded them on the interior of the offensive line. So I wanted to make that perfectly clear because I think they're going to be better there, so that's where I graded them. And that makes sense. But most, I believe nowadays, most guards or interior offensive linemen come from the tackle position. So that makes sense. They played tackle in college, moved to guard for the NFL. All right, let's talk Absolutely. about tackles. All right, we're going to start at five with Notre Dame's Liam Eichenberg. Eichenberg, uh, before I got to the film, I kind of heard he wasn't super athletic. He was just a stalwart kind of guy. He just wasn't going to let his man pass. He was going to use good footwork, and he had good power. Well, I turned on the film, and I was pleasantly surprised. I really liked Liam Eichenberg. I thought he was a capable athlete, but it's not what he excelled at. He excelled at moving vertically. And if he had the guy in front of him, he locked his hands in, it was over. It was done. And I absolutely loved uh, what Liam Eichenberg was able to do for Notre Dame. As far as translating the Minnesota Vikings, I think he'd be fine. But I think you're looking at an uh, athlete who's upside. It just athletically is Riley Reef, But I think as a blocker, uh, he's really good in the run game. He, and he's just a powerful mover of men. And in the past game, if he lashes on you, it's done. Like He's not letting you uh, away from him. And I think that was one thing that I really appreciated about him. And Notre Dame has a good track record of producing really good offensive linemen. Just think recently, Ronnie Stanley, Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin. Like There's just a long list of trench players from Notre Dame that are really successful. And I think Eichenberg can be that next one. And that's why he's my number five. With Eichenberg at number five, who have you got at number four? Number four, I have Texas's Samuel Cosme. Now, Cosme uh, is 6'7", 314 pounds, and he is an athletic maven. Uh, he, it, According to Kenley Platt, uh, at Math Bomb on Twitter, he uh, can, uh, compiles the relative athletic score, RAS. He is the second best athletic tackle since 1987, the only one better is Northern Iowa Spencer Brown out of this class. He is a very smooth mover, and he's he's got some power in his game. I think that, that when he gets that initial punch, he's able to knock guys off balance and really take over. But the problem is he plays too much on his heels. He waits for contact to come to him, opens up his chest a little bit, and his short arms don't necessarily help him in that area either. So I think... With Cosme, he needs to learn how to be more aggressive, and he needs to uh, gain a little bit more weight. He's got to get about 10 more pounds of muscle in his lower half, 
and really be able to drive guys off off their block early on in reps and pass protection. Running game, I have no real issues with Cosme. He still needs a little bit of power, work on his footwork, some of the technique issues. But at the same time, he has shown incredible growth uh, throughout his three years as a starter at Texas. Uh, started one season at right tackle, two seasons at left. He's got that kind of flexibility to go on either side of the next level. And Cosme was one of my favorite watches of this process. If he's available at 14, I would love to see the Vikings jump on him and put him at left tackle and just let him grow into the position. And I think the Vikings will fall in love with the tape and the traits. He's my number four. Well, if Cosme's number four and you like Cosme, I can't wait to hear about the top three. Give me number three. Number three is Oklahoma State's Tevin Jenkins. Uh, He played almost strictly right tackle, but he does have some snaps at left tackle as well for Oklahoma State, and he's a really good football player. Uh, He's he's got this picture that people uh, found uh, on the Oklahoma State website where he's just He's just a smiling guy. He's got glasses. He kind of just looks like a big nerd. But then when he he gets on the football field, he becomes a bully. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of his game. He would he would just annihilate people. And he's he's good mover. And he has tested better athletically than I expected, which kind of got me excited because it means the Vikings uh, will probably be more interested in him. Uh, he's got very powerful hands, and he's got a block against Texas's Joseph Osai, who we'll talk about in the edge uh, groupings, where if you've seen the blind side of Michael Ower, where Ower just uh, takes a guy and blocks him all the way down the field and pushes him over the, over the fence, like he's got one of those blocks against Osai where he just takes him and brings him all the way to the sideline, just drills him into the ground, and it's awesome. Uh, Jenkins, I think probably will be given the chance to fail a tackle before moving him inside. But he's a player that he could be in all pro ceiling at tackle, which is why I still graded him there. And I think Jenkins is probably going to be best served as a right tackle run behind him. And you're going to see him move people in the running game. And he'll be a very capable pass blocker as well. Needs a little bit more time for the kind of that refinement area. But outside of uh, our number one tackle, they all need some refinement. Um, Tevin Jenkins, number three. And I don't necessarily uh, think that uh, he's going to be in the Vikings' plans at 14. But I think if he's there with the trade pack, I think that they're going to really like him. Cool. With uh, number three down, who is number two? Number two is Virginia Tech's Christian Derrissaw. He, uh, along with my number one, who we'll discuss here in a minute, he's probably the most scheme versatile in this class. He can play in a man-gap power scheme. He can play inside and outside zone. He can do just a little bit of everything. Absolute mauler in the pass game. Uh, he, he does a really good job with uh, setting vertically, and he's got smooth feet. Uh, one thing that he does is, He's got this thing where he doesn't adjust right away, and I think uh, he'll start to kind of grow into that as time goes on. If he's getting beat all the way to the outside, he's not going to really make an adjustment like he should, and I think he's going to have to correct that. Uh, he's, he's just going to be like, oh, I just got beat. It was just a fluke. 
and then it happens again, and he still thinks that he's like, oh, crap, maybe I should adjust myself, and then he ended up taking care of business. Um, Derisaw is just a complete player. Uh, he only had one Power 5 offer out of high school. It was Virginia Tech. He he took it, and he opened up holes for Khalil Herbert and, and is going to make Khalil Herbert a probably like a fourth or fifth round pick just with how good he was uh, for that Virginia Tech team. Uh, Christian Derrissaw, it wouldn't shock me if he goes eight. wouldn't shock me if he goes 20. Right? There is a market for a guy like him, and I think he has a ceiling of a Trent Williams. I think he can be that good of a football player, and he is my number two tackle. We've all heard who the number one's going to be. We've talked about him for almost a year. Who is it? Penay is still out of Oregon, and he's my number two player in this class. He almost beat Trevor Lawrence for the best player in this class. Penay Sewell, at 18 and 19 years old, was owning people, absolutely destroying uh, defensive ends and defensive tackles in the Pac-12. He's like 6'5", 330. He tested athletically incredibly well, and you see it on the field. Uh, he's able to climb to the second level of ease and dominate. He doesn't let people buy him. Yeah, he, he needs to kind of avoid letting people into his chest a little bit and that clean up a little bit of his footwork. He gets a little too wide and narrow at times. But Panay Sewell is the closest thing we've seen to a home run left tackle in quite some time. Like If this was a draft without a truly great quarterback class, I think we're talking Panay Sewell at number one. And the fact that he could go tells you like this is a quarterback like class right now that is just could be borderline historic Panay Sewell is that guy he is a blue chipper a potential generational elite prospect as far as projecting down the line I think he could be an all pro in three years he's that good um, you could see a team put him at guard for a year just to get him on the field and he could dominate there as well and then move to left tackle like if the Cowboys got him at 10 I think you could see him uh, play left guard, figure out what to do with Tyron Smith, and then slide him over. Like, Panay Sewell's got everything you want, and he's he's only going to be 20 when he takes his first NFL snap. He's got room to grow, and that's what's really scary. Uh, Panay Sewell, for me, it was the easiest evaluation of his class, and I don't, I don't think there's any player who is actually better than Sewell other than Trevor Lawrence. That's saying quite a lot. Now, I have heard some smoke this time of year. They wonder about his maturity level. But like you said, he's only going to be 20 when he starts. And when is the last time we've heard about a 20-year-old tackle? Almost being a sure thing, a purely blue chipper available in the draft. They are rare. So, if there's any way... The Vikings could grab Penne Sewell, and I don't think they'd trade up for him, which they probably would have to. I would do it in a heartbeat. I think it depends on the capital, Dave. I love Penne Sewell, but are you willing to give up a second and third round pick to get Penne Sewell when you can take Christian Derrissaw, who's just a tier below him? See, for me, I'm not necessarily willing to do that. I think Derrissaw could be a great left tackle for you for a, a decade plus, and then you could get two other players that will help make an impact for this team uh, now and down the line. 
So it's really going to be how much capital you give up to determine for me how comfortable I am. This is a deep, deep offensive tackle class where you could find day one starters in round three. So wow. I would be careful wanting to really mortgage the future or mortgage draft selections to go up and get him because he is that good. But at the same time, it's not like he's the only really good tackle in this class. You can get really good tackles all throughout the first, second, and even in the third round. Well, my looking at tackles, I don't see Sewell or Darisaw making it to 14. And I think that's going to leave that question moot for the Vikings because I don't see them trading up. So we'll go with the next best available player, whoever that is. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. And until then, join us tomorrow for the next position group. Skull!